Jesus Christ, are you thirsty today? Because I don't want another religion in my life. I left religion, I left Islam. I hate it. I just want to be free. I just want to be free. And then something happens to that person, a touch or a breeze or in the form of a wind. I know it is Jesus. Maybe you are sitting here today and you are saying, I need that transformation because I don't want to be stuck in this place anymore. Now this is the biggest harvest time. This is the revival time for God to come and change everything. Abundance in your trial. Blessings in your trial. You can have blessings and abundance in your trial. How can you have that? It is amazing. When you walk with God, when you walk blameless, when you exalt the name of Jesus Christ above all names, no matter what the world says, no matter what the world around you falls apart or goes through, you can live in abundance. Today we are going to speak and share from Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. But first I want to read to you from Psalm 37, 18 and 19. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care, and their inheritance will endure forever. In the times of disaster, they will not wither or be ashamed or put to shame. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. In the days of famine, they have abundance. Imagine, the land is going through a famine, the land is going through a war or turmoil, but because you walk with God, because you honor God, because you exalt God, and nothing is moving you, no media, no news, no people, no uh, conspiracies or nothing is moving you. You have an unshakable faith that you will have plenty. And now I want to go to book of Daniel chapter 1. Because we are going to see this verse that I just read to you is becoming reality in someone's life. And I want to tell you right now about book of Daniel chapter 1, because we always read about, um, you know, lion's den and a fiery furnace. These are amazing, but I want to tell you, church, that it is the time right now that we need to get these stories out of once upon a story, kind of talking about wishful thinking, oh, it was so nice, it was so powerful, into our real lives, into our realities. They need to become realities for us to walk in the supernatural. How many of you need supernatural in your lives? How many of us need supernatural in our lives? When you look at the media, when you look at the terror, sex trafficking, refugee situation, and Christians are being beheaded, in the Middle East, in the Muslim world. You need supernatural in your life. You need supernatural. I want to tell you today, unshakable faith makes you unstoppable. Unshakable faith makes you unstoppable. And today, in this time, in this era in the world, we need an unshakable faith. And we are seeing in one man's life, not only in one man's life, but there are three others with him. And he, this man's name is Daniel. 
meaning God is my judge. We read all these wonderful stories, the lion stand, fire furnace, and he interprets the dream of the king. He tells the king what he has seen in his dream. He, he does all these things, and we say, wow. But we don't understand that God does not start right there with lion stand. There's always a preparation. There's always a process. There's always a timeline of that man becoming a giant in faith through his walk with God. And I want to share with you, I am going to share the scripture, entire first chapter with you, and I am going to stop and explain so we can understand because the first chapter unlocks the entire book of Daniel. First chapter, and you don't see great miracles or anything in this chapter, but it tells so much to us what it takes to come to a place to walk in supernatural that you and I today can walk into the lion's stands, walk into the fire furnace, and we can come out without the smoke, without any harm. And not only that, be, right after being promoted, not only that, with the miraculous power of God at display, changing heart of pagans and heathens and unbelievers and even antichrist, people that carrying antichrist spirit in them can change. So this portion of scripture gives us so much hope, so much faith, if we really digest it right and we don't miss it. Daniel's training in Babylon, the title of my Bible says, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temples of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. God blesses his children when his children are obedient to him. So blessings and abundance comes with a lifestyle of obedience. But this is a time that we are seeing that Israel, the children of God, went into exile. Why? Because they were disobedient. Scripture says that they became more wicked than the nations were around them. They were giving their children to Baal worship or putting them, sacrificing them in, in fire. They had so many idols, countless idols, and their hearts were away from their God, the Creator. Sometimes we think, how foolish is that as Christians? But I want to tell you, idols can come in many forms and shapes. That we, the moment that we, God is not our priority and we have other priorities, we have many gods before you know it. And we see it that they were so disobedient, they were so wicked, and God delivers them into the hands of their enemies. Wow. He said that God delivered the king of Judah into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. He gave success to a king, pagan king, against his people. And this was prophesied through the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah said that this is going to happen. Don't despise going, on, going to an exile. This is God's will for your lives. And false prophet says, no, 
This is not going to happen because you see many times false prophets and teachers, they sugarcoat things and they speak to people's itching ears. We see it today in prosperity gospel. Now everything is going to be all right. God is not angry with you. Yes, God is love, God is love, and he's your mate, and he will follow you. You do your thing, he will follow, he will bless you. And before you know it, you make up your own God. And it is so far from the God of the Bible, because God that I know that the Bible of God is a God of grace and love, but also he's a holy God. He's a righteous God, and he's the judge, and he's the ruler. You cannot mock God and you cannot play games with God. We must take God seriously. And the people that only focuses on one side of God create their own gods. Before knowing it, they worship an another God, which is not the God of the Bible. And we see it today in the church, in the body of Christ. And God gives his children, look at this, to the hands of their enemies. The enemy is su being successful in front of your very eyes, and you, you are still child of the living God, and but you're under discipline. You are going through discipline. And not only that this is the saddest thing, the, God's articles, the holy pieces of the temple are carried and put together with the articles of the pagan gods. And God even allowed that. And when Jeremiah prophesied before, and we always quoted, for I know the plans for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Jeremiah 29, 11, if you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. He will be found by you, and I will bring you back from captivity, which was spoken to the Israelites for their future when they were in exile, if you, if you come back to me, I will take care of this. We quote this a lot of times. Yes, it applies to us, but these words were for them who were in, the, in living in captivity and in exile. God said, come to me. And when we are seeing it in the minor prophets, God's heart is so beautiful. One minor prophet after another one, you see it, return to me. Return to me. Return to me. Hear God's heart's cry for his children like a father, crying, return to me. Maybe you are listening this year today or watching through the broadcast and here God is calling your name and telling you, return to me, come to me. Verse 3, then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young man without any physical defect, handsome, good-looking, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. I want you to understand the background of this Babylonian empire. This is an empire 
King Nebuchadnezzar is the successor of his father, who is the founder of this empire. He is Nebuchadnezzar II, and his father is the founder and a successor. But King Nebuchadnezzar is, I believe, used here and in the history uh, that he was the most powerful warrior, military, egocentric king in the history of the world. He was the most powerful. So we talk about King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't understand this is like not a normal king, like King of England or Queen of England or Queen of Denmark right now. It is not like that. There was no law in the land. He was the law. What he said was the law. These people were aggressive people. These people were fighting people, ruthless people, cruel people, harsh people. But they were very smart people. They were brilliant people. And you see their brilliancy from this. They are not killing the wise man. They are not getting rid of the smart young generation. They want them. They want to blend them into their culture to use them for their success and glory. And he didn't ask for old men. He wanted to new generation. He was a smart guy. Nebuchadnezzar was a brilliant king. He was very smart. He had incredible strategies and I, and we are seeing this also in book of Esther, which Esther came to the same land way after Daniel. You see, they are going into a three-year training here, and Esther had to go through a 12 months preparation. These people are smart. They are preparing them to enter into the king's service. Your upbringing has a lot to do with your destiny and with your ministry. Your upbringing brings you into the presence of the king. And here we are seeing that these people that they were going to choose had to be young, good-looking. Why? Because they were going to every day stand in front of the king. They were going to be in the royal court, eat with the king, eat at his tables. They had to have mannerism. They had to be sophisticated. They had to be polished. And they had to come from a noble family. And we see that in this scripture, Daniel and Three Hebrew boys, they must have came from a noble family. Because the scripture says that they had to come from a noble, they had to be well educated. And it is incredible, in book of Daniel, we are seeing uh, Daniel use three languages. Writer is Daniel. He used Aramaic, never seen in any other part of the Bible until the New Testament. He used Hebrew. He used Chaldean words in it. It just tells you from the vocabulary of this book how much Daniel was eloquent in speech and he had education and understanding. So he was no, you know, we call them Hebrew boys. They were not no any regular boys. They had an upbringing. Maybe today you are saying, I am no of a noble birth. I am not either. But through Jesus Christ, we become royal priesthood, holy nation through him. But I want to tell you, my upbringing, because of my upbringing, I'm here today. 
Because of my Muslim background, I am here today. My husband was a gang member, and now he goes to prisons because of his background, his upbringing. God is using him right now. So you never despise, whether good or bad, your upbringing, your background, because that background is your story. That background is your testimony. That background is your ministry. Maybe today you are looking at your background and you are despising it because you failed in a business, you failed in relationships, you failed in your marriages. But then God is saying that very thing that you hate I display my power in that circumstance. I am going to show you great things through your story. Don't be ashamed of it. The moment you cover it up, the moment you're closing the door. Listen to me. The moment you are covering it up and you try to look good, you are closing a door. You are not only closing your testimony, you are closing a door to go to the next level. And here we are seeing the king assign them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. But it does not matter. They are exiled. Daniel is in exile. He is in captivity. He is there without his will, against his will. These Hebrew boys with Daniel, I call it a golden cage. What is good that you are at king's palace and they were away from home. They were taken from Jerusalem and brought into a pagan king's palace. When I study the history of the environment, it's so wicked. There are idol worships. There are wickedness that I have read that I cannot even list what these Hebrew boys were exposed to every single day. They were like every single day. Imagine these kids lived such a, uh, such a consecrated life in Jerusalem. They brought into a place that there were many idols, there were orgies, and there were incredible amount of wickedness in front of their eyes every single day. Can you imagine the trauma? Can you imagine what they were going through and how much they had to stand? You see, as I said earlier, unshakable faith makes you unstoppable. What shakes you is your enemy. What shakes you is your enemy. And if you don't take care of that, that will stop you to reach to your destiny in Christ. You need to stop worrying or having fear or focusing on that thing that shakes you. And today, you need to surrender it and repent from it, confess it, acknowledge it, and kick it out of your life. What is shaking you? Because that thing that is shaking you is shaking your destiny. It's a hindrance. And in all this situation, these Hebrew boys coming, away from home to the king's service. And I can tell you that Daniel was their leader. And at that time, Daniel, according to the different numbers in the history, was between 15 to 19 years old. And most like on the younger side. Imagine. 
And these boys were maybe younger than him because Daniel was always taking the lead. And these kids, they were obeying him. There's such harmony and unity between them. They stick together in a very ungodly environment. And King Nebuchadnezzar is a perfect example of a king with an antichrist spirit. These people were hostile to God. And you are going to see what is going to happen when they don't worship King Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue. You will see when they don't bow down to their gods. It is cruel if you don't worship what they worship. Does it sound familiar to you? Today, ISIS goes to towns, to towns, to Christian towns in the Middle East, and they put their machetes and their guns, and they say, we are going to do this to you if you don't say the Shahada, Muslim prayer. And many Christians are being beheaded. Don't think that book of Daniel was written back then and it is not happening right now. This is happening right now in the world. And these people were in a very hostile, very scary environment as teenagers. They enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. This, the chief official gave them new names. Daniel means God is my judge. Hananiah means beloved of the Lord. It's beautiful names, Hananiah, beloved of the Lord. And then Mishael means who is like the Lord. And Azariah means the Lord is my help. Wow. But then the chief official wanted to give them a new name. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abandogo, Balthazar. These are all pagan gods' names. All these are the names of the pagan gods. Because why? When there's a majority, always majority, want to blend the minority into their image. Always, who is in rule and power would want you to become like the majority. They, they don't want you to be stick out like a sore thumb. They don't want your faith, your name, your walk, your faith to be at display. They don't. It's oppression. We see it in the Muslim world today. It is an oppression. They are under oppression. When somebody comes and changes your name, to the name of their God, you're under oppression. This is why we go through so fast the first chapter without, without understanding the background of the story. And then we just read the lion's den and the fiery furnace and everything like nothing. We don't do it justice. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself his, this way. Here's, this is very, extremely remarkable. We are seeing this teenager making up his mind. This is what I call, he made up his mind. Can you imagine what kind of upbringing this kid had? For in his teenage years, 15, 16, to, I don't know any teenager like that. I know amazing teenagers, but I don't know anybody that wouldn't give in. And he purposes in his heart, and his friends are following him, his example. And he said, I'm not going to defile myself. I'm going to stick to the vegetables and water. Well, this means several things to me. 
One of them, a person who is called by God is not impressed with the lavishing lifestyle of the world. Nothing can impress you. So this guy was standing there unimpressed because he knew his God. That's huge. The second thing, no matter what the majority does, this teenage boy is not compromising. He's not under peer pressure and he can't stand on his ground taking the challenge to even be headed, taking the risk and says, no, that's huge. You know why he didn't want to eat meat? Because they had their own kosher diet as Jews. They couldn't eat meat with blood in it because there's life in the blood. They couldn't eat reptiles. They couldn't eat uh, other strangled animals. They couldn't eat. It had to be uh, put, killed in certain way to be kosher for them. And he's saying, no, I cannot eat that meat. I cannot defile myself. And those food was also given to the pagan idols. They were sacrificed, idols sacrificed, used for sacrifice in their worship. He's like, you know what? I'm going to stay in a safe place. I am not going to defile myself with the food that is, is sacrificed to idols. I'm not going to eat with blood and the meat. I am going to be faithful to my God. This is huge. And God was also speaking to me. If you cannot control your mouth, if you cannot control your appetite, you cannot, listen to me, you cannot serve in the bigger things for God. Why? Because the moment we give in to our pleasures, the moment we are so weak against indulgence, we, we already have a weakness that the devil knows about us. This is why so many people struggle with food. So many people. I believe the devil gets us and our health, our lifestyle from there. But this kid is saying, I don't care. I don't care. I am not going to compromise. Now he had favor because God caused favor. And after the 10 days, and this is a good test for all of us, maybe you want to try, they look healthier than anyone there just by vegetables and water. Look at this. And at the end, they entered into king's service. And king found them 10 times, 10 times wiser than any wise man, teenage boys. Look at this. Any wise man in his kingdom. Living without a compromise. Living a consecrated life. Living a, having an unshakable faith makes you enter into the king's service. And even in your land, there can be a famine. In your land, there can be a disaster, and you will be prosperous. You know why? Because you are living a life for God, not for yourself, not for your pleasures, not for your indulgence. You have an unshakable faith, and the food is a very small part of your being. And that natural life that you live takes you to supernatural.
Today's broadcast has been brought to you by Ishik Abla Ministries. Ishik is a former abused Muslim woman who was transformed by Jesus Christ. Now she is sharing the good news to Muslims and a revival message to America. To learn more about Ishik, please go to isikabla.com. Again, that's isikabla.com. Please contact us at info at ishikabla.com. Again, that's info at ishikabla.com. Join us for revival.